This is Soccer Weekly. I am David at home hanging out with you on the home of world football here in Southern California. Hello. Oh, what a show we've got. And I got to tell you, what a week it has been. Some crazy times for the world of world football here, especially for MLS. The transfer window will do that to you, right? And we have got some things to discuss. What a game. What a... So much fun last night at the Bank of California Stadium. You heard it on the ESPN app here. We're the home of LAFC here in Southern California. I was, you know, an honor and a pleasure to call the game for that one. And it was just way too much fun. A An expansion uh, franchise last season that is now looking to even take more steps further. The black and gold. What a time we had last night at the Bank. If you didn't get there and you did listen to the game, appreciate that. Feel free to give me your thoughts at 877-710-ESPN. We're going to be a little bit more, uh, I guess, shall we say, kind of interactive than sometimes we are. We want to get your thoughts on a few things that are going on. And one of them is that MLS transfer window that I believe has taken the league into a different direction. There are, are a few things in the history of Major League Soccer that stand out to me, right? David Beckham signing was the biggest thing that ever happened to the league, other than actually forming the league itself. And David Beckham's signing will always be the biggest thing that ever happened to the league. Okay, But beyond that, there are some things that have happened along the way where you just start to go, hmm, slowly but surely, positive steps. Now, there have been some negative steps. They had to get rid of a couple of teams in Florida way back. Remember when they went down to 10 franchises at one time and basically... AEG had to save the league. But there have been some positive steps, slowly but surely, over the last few years. A lot of that is that targeted allocation money and general allocation money. But now we're starting to see the effects sometimes in these transfer windows. And oh my goodness, MLS is growing up right before our eyes. And that's how I feel about it at 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. Or you can hit me up on Twitter with your questions. Look, remember, if you're driving around, don't tweet, okay? You, you get that. Wait till you get home or pull over. So who, we got questions flying in on Twitter, at Talk Soccer as well. We'll address some of those. But, of course, the big story within the transfer window was one Miguel Almiron from the champion Atlanta United. If you love MLS, even if you hate MLS, if you're one of those Euro snobs, or maybe you're a Liga Emekis fan, you don't really have much of a rooting interest in MLS, you know who Miguel Almiron is, the Paraguayan forward slash attacking player. Oh, so good. I don't care if you have a bloodthirsty revenge out for MLS, you hate it so much. In in the darkest recesses of your mind, you'd have to like whisper to yourself that Miguel Almiron is really good. Like, he is special. And Newcastle ponied up over $25 million. Yeah, you heard that right. To take him off Atlanta United's hands and send him over to the Premier League. And initially, people's reaction might be, well, that's not really good. This is one of the best players. Yes, it's fantastic. It's not good. It's unbelievable. It's absolutely incredible news for MLS, for Atlanta United, for everybody. It's exactly what should be happening around Major League Soccer. You got hints of it recently when Don Garber started talking about how they have to become more of a selling league. It doesn't make any sense to try to develop people and then not not make money off of it, right? To sell them their contracts to top bidders. That doesn't make any sense. You have to do that. 
And I love this move. They should have been doing it years ago, frankly. I think MLS was a little too stubborn along the way with that, where they felt like either it maybe made them look bad with the average fan or maybe American sports wasn't ready for that. But we all know that soccer fans are way too savvy in this country now. We don't have to explain ourselves to anyone. We don't have to explain the sport anymore. Even dudes who don't like soccer know what it's all about now. So it is just a positive step forward for MLS to see a young guy like that make the step away. Why? Because the next guy will come in, like Petey Martinez, right? He comes in to replace Miguel Almarone. Oh, by the way, River Plate's best player. That's just what it has to happen. And, yeah, you might be a little bit upset about, well, you know, it hurts, you know, if it's your favorite player or maybe if it's your team that's next to sell somebody off. You know what else was big news? It was a sell, sale that didn't happen. All of a sudden, I, I'm like reading about it, you know, up on my MLS every day, right, getting ready for the season, and Luciano Acosta almost went to PSG for over 10 million bones. I, mean, I was like, am I living in the twilight zone here? MLS has turned a corner. There can be no doubt of that. And it's cemented by the fact that I went and saw, yet again, quite frankly, one of the most amazing players on this little planet we call Earth, and that's Carlos Vela. And I'll tell you right now, Carlos Vela was flirted with from Barcelona in the transfer window, right? Yeah, let that sink in. But more importantly, Carlos Vela would be able to play there. He fits in. He's good enough. There is no debate of that. Now, unless you want to be a jerk or a moron and say, no, he can't, you just out of blind hatred, it's stupid. If you've watched him for more than two minutes and you know what you're talking about, he's unbelievable. And it, it just absolutely cemented the fact in with me watching that game last night and calling that game here on the ESPN app. It's a friendly, I know, but just to see the skill that he is displays, he's world class. He can play anywhere. And he plays here in our backyard here in Southern California in Los Angeles. And that is a very good thing. And oh, by the way, there's a guy named Zlatan down the 110 as well for another team here in Southern California. I mean, come on. I cannot wait. Your thoughts on MLS and what's going on, if you want to hit me up, 877-710-ESPN. Again, we don't take a lot of phone calls throughout the weeks, but this time we will. 877-710-3776. Should MLS look to be even more of a selling league or just really just kind of catch up with the rest of the world in that department in the sense of, hey, if you can sell someone, great, you make a profit. If it's time to move somebody on and it's a better career move for them, you know, no restrictions, wish them well. Make some money off it. Or if you want to keep players and go buy big, you know, let's face it, uh, MLS starting to spend money on buying players as well. That's fine. You don't have to be strictly a selling league. That's not the point. We got rumors, stories of a young Romanian coming into the league for, what, almost 10 million bucks. Young kid. That's great. It's not just about strictly selling. But is this the path you want to see for Major League Soccer? 877-710-ESPN. Uh, questions on Twitter, at TalkSoccer. want to get to some of those. First one is, uh, how many Frosties did you eat tonight? Well, the uh, over-under is usually one and a half on any given day. I have to say today, just take the under. Yes, I've been good. But no, usually my uh, daily Frosty intake is over one and a half. So the over-under is usually, the line's usually set at one and a half. Today I went under. 
Who's getting the DP contract restructure for the Galaxy? That's from at No Real Sports on Twitter. That is a good question because all we keep hearing about you know, with Guillermo Berlusconi and everybody else, stories coming out of the Galaxy camp is just nobody's worried. They're breaking the rules if they keep it as is, right? Four designated players. You're only allowed three. Something's got to give, and yet everybody in, in the Galaxy headquarters is basically like, yeah, no worries. <laughs> Don't sweat it. We'll uh, take care of that later. So they must have a plan, right? Now, there are options, and you guys probably know most of them as well. If you you know if you follow Major League Soccer, one of them is you can actually buy out a bad contract. Now you still have to pay the player, and it hurts your franchise in that sense. But it doesn't count against the cap. Then you can buy out one of those big contracts. You can't just buy out anybody, but one of these big laborious designated player contracts that maybe goes awry, doesn't work out. MLS gives you that venue. To do that, so that's an option. So essentially, maybe that's what the Galaxy keep telling everybody just not to worry, because at least that option is possible. Who would that be? Well, everybody points to Gio Dos Santos, and I can't argue with that. That would make sense. After you make the move for Zlatan, make him the highest paid player. Of course, he's you know sticking around. Jonathan Dos Santos has been very good. And is desperately needed by a team where I think he need they need that bite. Look, I think Perry Kitchen did not particularly have a good year last year. I don't really particularly rate him as a, a player anymore. I think he had a good run for a while, but I think Jonathan Dos Santos and other options far exceeding that. So you need Jonathan Dos Santos and Roman Alessandrini has been the best of the lot until Zlatan got here, right? The previous designated player. Where's he going? You, you got to keep him. So the obvious thing for me would be just to sell off Gio Dos Santos. Yeah, it sounds all well and good. Then you're paying a guy millions and millions of dollars to do nothing. That doesn't always, you know, that doesn't always fly with owners and that doesn't sound too good. 877-710-ESPN, the number to get involved, 877-710-3776. Black and gold breakdown still to come. We'll dig even further into that game. We got to talk about the U.S. men's national team. They had that game. Days ago against Panama, which I really liked a few players in that. Really loved what I saw out of a couple of players. A few of those names will be very familiar to you. All of that and so much more still to come. I'm Dave Denholm. You are listening to the home of world football here in Southern California. It's ESPN LA 710. Oh, Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710. It is an honor and a pleasure to be with you each and every week here on the home of world football. U.S. men's national team took care of Panama days ago on the 27th. They got a game again tomorrow. That's Saturday against Costa Rica. But this Panama game, look, okay, you're playing Panama, not their A squad, whatever. The U.S. didn't send out their A squad, whatever. Okay, I get it. But you still want to take a look at what happens under Greg Berhalter, his first match as U.S. men's national team coach. They go out and get a nice, comfortable 3-0 win. Was it perfect? No. Were there a lot of positives? You bet. And i got to point out a few of those. Now, there are wholesale changes in terms of substitutions and everything throughout the match. Uh, by the way, Georgi Mihalovic scored a brilliant goal against LAFC for Chicago Fire late last season. He gets a goal to start things going. And then two late goals from LAFC, from the black and golds, Walker Zimmerman and Christian Ramirez. Nice thing. I saw Sebastian Legette for the Galaxy get into the 67th min- or 62nd minute, and he looked good. I loved what Michael Bradley did. Michael Bradley played fantastic football. Everybody just rips on this kid. Oh, my goodness. One of the best players the United States has ever had. Frankly, played out of position too long in his career, in my humble opinion. And yet still has been dominant. 
for most of his U.S. men's national team career. It's ridiculous. The tempo he set and the pace he set, some of the path, just a different level. And I like what the defense did. Nick Lima had a nice game. Of course, Zimmerman was rock solid and the goal was beautiful. And Lima set that up perfectly. But all around a very good performance. Want to see the same thing coming up against Costa Rica in that next friendly. And again, uh, Panama's goalkeeper had a howler, no doubt. But the United States fully deserved that. So it was good to see. And I'll tell you what, why it was good to see. We've talked about it a lot on this show with Greg Berhalter. He develops guys who can score. He develop, He plays a system that if you find the dude who's hot, his system fits right and fills that dude's score sheet, right? That's exactly what the kind of game Greg Berhalter likes and what he wants to do with this team. Good start. Let's see a lot more of that in the future. I hope that is the case. United States outshot Panama 17-10 to 10 in that one. I liked it. Now, some people were complaining, oh, less than you know 10,000 people in Glendale, Arizona for the friendly. Yeah, you know what that means? You know what that is? That's not, uh, oh, Americans don't love soccer. That's, we don't love missing the World Cup. Prove it to us that you're going to make it this time for some uh, insignificant friendly, right, that I'm going to pay top dollar for. I love the fact there weren't 10,000 people there. We're not suckers in this country anymore when it comes to soccer. I know the word, two words nearly rhyme, but I'm not a sucker when it comes to my sports. You want to you complain about me not going to see a garbage team? Get better. And right now, the United States does not have our trust when it comes to our men's program. We missed the World Cup. You have to pay for that. Maybe you should have thought about that before, U.S. soccer. I mean, come on. Just like in every other sport, you pay for your ignorance, you pay for your poor performance, and you deserve that. Own it. But it's not a reflection of, oh, what a bad soccer nation we are. No, that's actually a reflection of how much better we are. 877-710-ESPN. 877-710-3776, the number to get involved. You can also hit me up on Twitter, at TalkSoccer. And it, that just, it just absolutely boils me sometimes when people start talking like that. Oh, the crowd, where was everybody? It's not blind loyalty in sports. Suck it up and get better. And that's what I did see out of that match. I saw a good performance. That's a good first step. We're going to need a whole lot more of that. But it was a very good first step. Nothing, you know, doesn't hurt that a couple of the black and gold get goals, too. And I would love to see more uh, time for Christian Ramirez, quite frankly. So it, uh, that fired me up. But it, got, it gets me a little bit upset when people, oh, there's only 9,000 people. Yeah, we missed the World Cup. We deserve that. 877-710-ESPN, the number to get involved, 877-710-3776. You you don't get a lot of opportunity to talk the world's game here in Southern California, especially on the radio here, and you know we love to share that time with you. We're going to go to Patrick in Pasadena. He is uh, first up here on Soccer Weekly with Dave Denholm. What's going on, Patrick? Good to talk to you, man. Hold on, my my phone messed up. How are you, buddy? There we we go. There we go. Nice, Nice to talk to you. I haven't called in in a while. Um... I'm glad uh, Soccer Weekly is back. I w- what I wanted to ask you was, it's kind of a two-sided thing. When Bar- I don't know enough because I was out of the soccer game for too long. If Barcelona wanted Carlos Vela, yeah. and they were, they wanted, they were trying to pursue him, they wanted to get him in the transfer market, 
would we be able to stop that as a club if we were like, no, we want to keep them no matter what? How does that exactly work? Yeah, I mean, yes, that's a good question, Patrick. What it comes down to is almost like it's it's really between the clubs and the player and really what's the best for everybody. In other words, you kind of got to have some give and take there. Sometimes you got to put the hard line down and say, no, you know, sorry, we're not giving up Lionel Messi for $45 million, you know, or whatever. You know, some teams will just flat out reject deals or whatever. But a lot of times it's like you don't want to you don't want to upset player with you, right? You know, if it's a good opportunity for the player, it's frankly in the best interest for the team and MLS themselves to go ahead and say, yeah, go let's do that. Now, part of that was Patrick. They were talking about even a loan deal, which is maybe the best of all worlds if you have to move him. Like, like in other words, if you can't stop a guy like Carlos Vela going to Barcelona, which you don't really want to do, if Barcelona's serious and Vela wants to go, it really should happen. Because it's such a great move for him and the club, but you got to make sure you get what you need back. And if it's a loan deal, you still need a good, you know, fair amount of money to make sure you can go back and get, you know, maybe go get a replacement for Vela. You're missing out on a real top quality player for that long. So yeah, there's a lot of give and take with it. But it's a good question. You you can't you can stop it because he's under contract. It's just that it's not always the best business thing to do to hold up somebody's dream because. Then you all of a sudden, you know, word gets out, as we know, Patrick, even in American sports, right? I mean, you don't want to be that organization that is looked down upon because you you didn't let Carlos Vela go experience that. Now, thankfully for LAFC, oh, that, you know, that didn't happen, you know, so. Agreed 100%. And the, and the other fold of, of what I was curious about is, so, like, I upgraded to, from having two season tickets to now I have four. Oh. And every person I've brought, including my wife, who did not watch sports, um, I played soccer for 18 years. I, I die for soccer. Yeah. But they know nothing about the sport. They go to the event. I don't know. I don't even call it a game, a partido. It's an event. And their mind's blown. Yeah. And I really think in the next five years, I wouldn't be shocked. You know, a lot of your colleagues are the five most popular LA sports. And I, I think LAFC will come after uh, the Lakers and the Kings. I mean, Lake, not Kings. Lakers and Dodgers pretty shortly. I got to tell you, Patrick, I mean, it, it's more than, it's more than an event. It's an experience, you know? And I, I think you're, you're summing it up perfectly. With how you're talking about, and thank you so much for calling in, Patrick. One of our favorites here. Anytime. anytime. You bet. At thank Soccer Weekly. Thanks so much for joining us. 877-710-ESPN if you want to take up that line. 877-710-3776 or hit me up on Twitter at Talk Soccer. And Patrick brings up an interesting point when it comes to what LAFC has done, right? And I look, you love listening to me do sports talk radio. I get it. So you're on the 710 right now, the 405. You don't even like soccer, but it's a good show. I get it. So okay. We have a good time here every week. So I'm talking to you now for somebody who maybe doesn't love the sport, but he's talking about how it's an experience and that how it draws people in. Here's the thing that I love about LAFC. Yes, it is that, but it's not fake and it's not only an experience. It's great soccer and it's winning and it's the end. It's an experience. It's everything. And that is what has been so baffling about what they've done in such a short time. You cannot be moved after going to one of their games. You just can't. I'm sorry. And I'll say it. You go down to Carson. You can go to an L.A. Galaxy game at times and not be moved. Yes, that is a possibility if you don't love the sport. You can. You cannot go to the Bank of California Stadium and come out the same soccer hating or whatever, soccer indecent or I'm not indecent, soccer indifferent person. It will change you as a sports fan. That's a fact. And that is the difference. And that is, it's not even a, you know, them versus. 
It's just you don't always get that in sports anymore, right? I'll be perfectly honest with you. You can go to a Clipper game. You can go to a Laker game. I'll whisper that one here. You can go to a Laker game. You can go to a Dodger game. You can go to an Angels game and not be moved. You can. That's just a sport. It's the, it really has nothing to do with the individual team. You cannot be unaffected by the 3252 if you go there with an open mind. And that's just, I mean, everybody, you're going to, I know the fans who are out there driving now, Mario back here, you're shaking your head yes when I say that. Nodding your head, I should say yes. I always get those confused, by the way. You're nodding your head yes when I say it because it's true. You can go to a UCLA basketball game. Oh boy, you certainly can this year. Or a USC football game and not be moved. That cannot happen at LAFC. <laughs> I defy you to try it with an open mind. And that's just what has been, that's been the difference. 877-710-ESPN. That's the best way to sum it up. Patrick got me there talking about that. That is just a flat-out fact, and that is what has been so much of the difference there. Speaking of LAFC, we still got the black and gold coming up, and stoppage time. We'll take your phone calls at 877-710-3776. Hit me up on Twitter, the, uh, the Twitter account for the show. We carry on the conversation there throughout the week. You can learn more about the show. You can learn how to you know get the podcast that you want at Talk Soccer. It's just that simple. I am Dave Denholm, and you are listening to the home of world football in Southern California. Where are we at? ESPN LA 710. So I'm walking around downtown. I got some business to take care of, and I have to go to a certain office. So I'm walking downtown, and I want to relay a story that I relayed on Twitter earlier in the day at Talk Soccer. I'm walking, I don't know, three, four blocks downtown, you know, busy, middle of the day, right around the lunch hour here in downtown Los Angeles. There's a lot of people, you know, coming around. So I start to just notice something, and I'm I, I'm not seeing any sports gear, right, that people are wearing most of the time. But look, we I, we happen to work at a sports radio station, so of course we're going to see a lot of it. But even walking around anywhere in L.A., you see the you know the usual suspects. You're going to see a ton of it. And I just kind of caught my eye that I wasn't really seeing any of that for all the people. That, and over a course of these three, four blocks, I saw two pieces of sports apparel. That's it. Two. Total. Now, you want to know what they were as well? Now, you can probably guess. You know, right? Well, I, I would, I would, you know, you'd guess the Lakers, <laughs> probably a jersey, Kobe, you would suspect, maybe LeBron now, and a Dodger hat. And you couldn't be more wrong, ironically, which we see those everywhere now, you know, right? That's, that's what the two pieces of sports gear that I saw as I was walking around was an LAFC hat. Okay. Sharp looking hat. Makes sense. They're taking over Los Angeles here as a, as a hot story in the sports scene. And a Houston Dynamo jacket. Yes. And it was a sharp-looking jacket, I got to admit. This was like a dude who dresses like Mario Reed. I mean, he was like a sharp-looking guy, younger kid. And it was a nice jacket, but like Houston Dynamo jacket? Are they hanging out in L.A. for training camp or something that we don't know about? That was like weird. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776, numbered for you to get involved. What is your go-to piece of gear when it comes to sports, Mario? What is your gear? I want to ask people that. You can hit me up on Twitter, at TalkSoccer. What is your go-to piece of... In the world of football, it's the scarf, isn't it? Yeah, that's pretty good. I don't wear it enough, though. 
Yes. You know what I mean? I'm talking about like you, you know, if you got to wear a piece of sports gear, like apparel, right? A jacket. Uh, okay, boy, LAFC has a couple sharp jackets. That clean. one that LAFC Rich has. Oh man, yeah. I would like to knock him over the head and steal that. If I'm being honest, <laughs> there's a new one coming out. If I can get away weeks. with it without the violence. I would like to just absolutely take that off his back sometime and wear it. It's so sharp. Yeah. But he pulls it off and I can't. So, and uh, yeah, I want to know 877710ESPN or hit me up on Twitter at Talk Soccer. What is your go to piece of gear that you got to have? Right. I mean, that's just, you know, that's something you just, we should all know. Mario, you know what time it is, brother, right? It is uh, time for the black and gold breakdown. Oh, what a night at Bank of California Stadium 2019 for the team officially kicking off in front of their fans with that awesome friendly, another big international friendly with Vissel Kobe and the likes of Andres Iniesta, David Villa, Lucas Podolski. What a night it was, really. A fabulous night, Mario. And it wasn't just an event. It was good football right from the jump. We got a little bit of that coming at you. Here are some of the uh, highlights from that. It all got started with the, uh, well, he is the man in MLS right now, by my standards. That's Carlos Vela, the first goal of the match. Where, of course, he was dominant for LAFC, right? Don't I mean, talk over yourself, sorry, there, dude. Sorry, Come it was on. one nil, one nil. Boy, I can't talk over that dude. He's screaming. Yeah, you, I mean, you were in midseason form last <laughs> night, though. I gotta admit. Oh, that's so nice of you to say. Well, we know Carlos Vela was in midseason form because it wasn't long after that. That was like. Late mid first half, that first goal. Late in the half, essentially it sealed the deal on the game, but it was a brilliant, brilliant finish from Vela again. And so within 10 minutes, essentially, they were up 2-0 heading into the break. They they managed to settle it down. Vissel Kobe didn't really get anything going to get back in the game in that first half. Now, wholesale substitutions came into the second half. Uh, that didn't stop LAFC, which is a good sign. They played uh, very good defensively. They also got this Dejan Jakovic goal kind of midway through the second half. couple of goals late in the match. One of them from Vissel Kobe off a brilliant free kick. And then to gain the three-goal advantage again, as you'll hear me say, it was the youngster, the rookie, fourth-round draft pick, Kevin Mendoza from Liberty. And that's how it would end. You heard that on the ESPN app here, the home of LAFC in the black and gold, ESPN LA. Uh, yeah, just really what a great start. Now, again, preseason friendly. It's not the end of the world whether you win or lose. It's really just getting into that football shape mentally and physically. And we saw a lot of good things from LAFC in that match. Long way to go. But I did have a good uh, Twitter question. When we, You can fire them off to me at, at Talk Soccer. I asked for your questions. And uh, one uh, came in from uh, LAFC Benjamin. He says, based on what you saw versus Vizel Kobe, what LAFC players caught your attention? Now, if you were Bob Bradley, who would you sign and why? And really, that's a very good question. Still a little early in the preseason, but I'll give it my best based on what I saw last night. Now, I got I to gotta kind of couch this a little bit. First half was mostly guys we're going to see who are essentially starters or right at that top level, right? So I'm not even going to grade them. They're all, I mean, that was the starting lineup, essentially, although we're missing a few defenders. But even the guys who started last night, we would expect Eddie Segura to get a whole lot of time. So I'm not going to worry about those guys, right? I'm not, I'm, I'm talking about the second unit, essentially, which was the second half of this game. Wholesale changes for Bob Bradley's side in that second half, by and large. I mean, there were, I think there were nine, eight or nine changes by the end. 
Those are the guys I want to talk about. A few of them, first of all, most of I mean, I thought they all played well. I shouldn't even say most. I thought it was a very good second half as well. So no problems with what I saw out of anyone. I did see a few guys stand out. First and foremost was the draft pick, Javier Perez. He looked sharp. He looked tough. He looked like a bulldog. Did he make every play? No. He made some mistakes. His positioning was rock solid. And Vissel Kobe did not know how to get around him. Javier Perez, Javi Perez looked great. So he's the, the draft pick out of, I think, Pittsburgh, right? Yeah. He looked fantastic. Like a cut above of what I was expecting this early from the second unit. And also Lamar Batista. The young center back, 6'5", is a giant. Came from Portland Timbers 2. Spent some time in the USL with the Timbers 2. I, I think he had a really good look. Now, other people say Peter Lee Vassell, sure, played fine, did really well at times. But I thought there was a few things I would like to see sharpen up. Again, early training camp. I want to see a few things from Diego Rossi I'd like to see sharpen up, and he played great. I want to see Andre Horta sharpen up a little bit, which we all wanted to see. Really, to, And he played fantastic in the first half. So everybody needs to sharpen up a little, including Peter Lee Vassell. But I thought he, you know, he definitely played well. I can see the spark there, too. And again, Alejandro Guido had some nice moments. Adrian Perez, right? A guy who's been playing in indoor soccer over in Ontario. Looked nice for a while. The, the goal from Kevin Mendoza was a good goal. So it's just that first step. And I know they've got some more, you know, pra- not practice games, preseason games, which frankly will not be open to the public by and large. So that was our real look as, you know, as a, as a fan. They're going to have some preseason scrimmages that you're only going to get like maybe media reports from. And that's fine. All the teams do that by, you know, for some of their games, but it was just good to see that kind of performance, right? That is the black and gold breakdown, and that's why I wanted to talk a little bit about it because it was that good. And it, you know that it, again, just a step. But we're now a month away, and I cannot wait. I cannot wait for MLS to get here. Not only all the transfer stuff, not only LAFC, what they've done. In re, you know reloading essentially for the second season, not only for LA Galaxy, what they've done in essentially rebuilding the top of the franchise on down. I want to see what happens. I cannot wait. It is going to be a magical 2019, regardless of what goes down. It's going to be absolutely thrilling, and I'm looking forward to it. Now, speaking of thrilling, I want to get to a little bit of this. Uh, you know, still to come as well. We got some time here. Uh, you got to talk a little Liga MX. And my team, right? Toluca Pachuca. They are my teams. It is a tale of uh, two teams right about now. And uh, they're kind of both just languishing. They're both almost uh, a little too similar with the start to the season. It's early. I understand. But I'm not liking a lot what I'm seeing here. Yes, I know. It is only four games. I get it to this Clausura. But if things don't change here... Look, Toluca's had a little bit of the, you know, they definitely played better than Pachuca. And Pachuca had really that one bad game. They're kind of starting to turn the corner. But it's getting a little tiring that they're not really, neither one of these teams is really stepping up to where I think they should be. As an organization right now, I'm kind of tired of everybody praising Monterey because they're good. And they are. Where are the Ucas, all right? I want this freaking Uca Derby to mean something. 
And it's getting me a little ticked off. I just had to get that off my chest. I'm sorry. We don't always talk. Lee Mackey's here. But when we do, I get fired up about it. I feel you, Dave. My cholos aren't doing too well No, they are not. No, they are not. They don't even look good either. Three big fat L's. Seriously. They don't even look good. One goal. I mean, no offense, uh, you know, but in this new head coach here, this guy they got from FC Dallas. What's it? No, I'm just kidding. Who is this guy? Where do we get him from? Look, it's, it, hey, the only saving grace I can say for Cholos and for Pachuca and Toluca, again, who Toluca, I'm getting, I'm a little hard on them right now, but they're, they're going to be fine. I like their talent. The only saving grace is we're not Carretero, okay? They're terrible. Now that's a bad team. No, I'm just kidding. We're just piling on there. I just don't want to hear from, you know, George here running around with his Cruz Azul, all right? Come on, get it together. It's early enough, Toluca and Pachuca. I want to see. Some better performances out of these two teams. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. Or you can hit me up on Twitter, at TalkSoccer. Dave Denholm, hanging out with you. We're rolling here on the home of world football in Southern California, ESPN LA 710. Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710. Dave Denholm, hanging out with you each and every week here on the home of world football. Hello. Hit me up on Twitter, at TalkSoccer. Don't forget, the folks here behind the scenes who do such a great job. They get that podcast out for the show Almost immediately after we're done, if you want to check that out on iTunes or the ESPN Pod Center, subscribe, rate, and review. We're getting a lot of more, we're getting a lot of ratings coming in. That's good. It helps. If you love soccer content and you happen to like the show, that'd be great and appreciate that. 877-710-ESPN to do what Joe in San Fernando Valley has done. Joe, welcome to Soccer Weekly with Dave Dunholm. What's going on, man? How you doing, Dave? Good. Hey, I've been here on the show a few times and I never got the chance to ask you, um, why uh, Toluca and Pachuca, because I'm a Cholos fan too, and I was just curious. Yeah, you know, it's. It, it, I started following uh, Liga Mackey's, uh, you know, many years ago, back when Jose Cardoso was such a star for Toluca. That was one of the reasons oh, I loved Toluca, right? And I always thought he was a classy player. Uh, and and honestly, I thought they were a classy organization. You know, I I got to be honest with you, Joe. Sometimes. The blood boils over in Mexican football, right? They do not like oh, to lose, man. right? I mean, these these organizations yeah. are going at it. I thought Toluca was always classy in victory and defeat, you know. So I kind of like that at a time when I was really just uh, loving, you know, starting to really love the game. And Jose Cardoso had a lot to do with that with Toluca. Now Pachuca, obviously, at the time, Omar Gonzalez went down there for a little while. They kind of became my second team. And I just kind of stuck with them, even though Omar has moved on. And I do like what Pachuca has to offer in terms of, I usually like the way they play. Uh, you know, they're struggling a little bit, giving up too many goals right now, but they'll be fine. You know, I, I, I do. I just like those two teams, and I kind of used it on the show as well, since they both, you know, the, the Uka Derby is a fun, you know, fun thing to have. Yeah, so. no, it's early. And, and, and by the way, I love Omar, too, so I can understand where you're coming from on that. And um, another thing I wanted to touch on, I, I don't know if you touched on this subject today yet, but um, I heard the um, the rumors of uh, Landon Donovan coming back to play indoor soccer in San Diego. Yes. What's going on with that? That's a done That's deal. Done? Yeah, he's, he is playing. Absolutely. So, and oh, Joe. Is this official? He's, he's signed yep. on and everything. Absolutely. Thank you for the oh, phone call. Appreciate, uh, appreciate you listening, buddy. Yeah, he's going to be playing at, uh, what, San Diego Soccer's down there, the MASL. Which is also, by the way, where Adrian Perez was playing for Ontario, same league. So, kudos to uh, Landon, who doesn't want to retire. And as we talked about it on the show, 
Why should he then? If somebody wants to pay him to play, the dude can play football as long as he wants, as far as I'm concerned. He's a legend. He can do what he wants there. Martin in the San Fernando Valley, you are next up here on uh, Soccer Weekly. What's going on, buddy? Quick, quick. Quick, quick disclaimer, quick disclaimer, just to be on the record, I am a 100% Chivas fan. And who's coaching Chivas? One of your uh, heroes that you just mentioned. Jose Cardoso, yes. But listen, this is interesting that you say that. Let's put uh, two and two together. Cardoso used to play with Toluca. Who was he champion with when he played with Toluca? Elojitos Mesa. We haven't mentioned Elojitos Mesa. Elojitos Mesa is a phenomenal coach who was champ with Toluca many, many times yep. to build the dynasty in Toluca. And who was he championship with? One of the teams that you're going for right now, which is Pachuca. Yeah. Pachuca was a champ from, uh, for a couple of years with Ojitos Mesa. Ojitos Mesa is one of those coaches that's not reckoned with. He's like the Pat Palachek of, of uh, uh, Mexican <laughs> soccer. And, you know, Ojitos Mesa is an amazing coach. He has a lot of trajectory, a lot of championships in Mexico. And and with that being said, I mean, you know, all I could tell you is Martin Palermo, he came from Boca. He's coaching Pachuca. I'll be quite honest with you. I watched the game the other day. He won 1-0. He lost in La Copa MX. So that kind of makes me think, like, you know, it's not going to be as easy as he thinks when he, you know, a yeah. lot of people from abroad come to Mexico to either coach or play, and they think it's going to be an easier league. No, 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 yeah. You're, you're... From Argentina. And let me tell you, Martin Palermo is, is going to be like, you know, he's going to be surprised. He has one one and, and clausura, and then he has one loss with, with Copa Mekis. It's going to be interesting to see a guy who had a lot of drama with Chivas back in the day. Remember with Bofo Bautista? Yeah. When they had that big old fight, and they spit the coach from Boca at the time spit at Bofo Bautista's face. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to watch him coach in Mexico, and I'm very interested to watch him because you know, there was a lot of tension. I know he's a coach. Now he's not a player. He played with the national team in Argentina. Now he comes in as a coach. So it's going to be fun, but bro, realistically, Pachuca, I don't know. I mean, I love uh, El Dedo Lopez. Keep an eye on El Dedo Lopez. He came out of Chivas. I will do that. Martin, I apologize. We are running up against it. Thank you so much for the phone call. That was fantastic stuff. I love it. And Martin Palermo, I look... I like taking that chance as the manager of Pachuca. We'll see. He's not wrong. Martin's not wrong. This might not be the job for him. But I got to keep my eye on that and I will. But I like the I like the I like the thought of it. I really do. I like that spark potentially. Now that that can always backfire on you as Martin said. I, and I I don't doubt that. That is a possibility. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, you know what time it is? It is time for the best segment in all of radio. Stoppage time. Oh, man, Mario, I love talking about the two most underrated leagues in all of world football, MLS and Liga MX, and they're both in our backyard, quite frankly. So true. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. But right now, we're going to talk about the new 2019 Asian Cup champion. Yes. You know who it is. Cutter. Now, they got the World Cup coming up, right? That's uh, right. In 2022. You know, this is big, Mario. I'm glad you brought this up. This is a good story to talk about here in the final few minutes. Cutter, as Mario says, wins the Asian Cup. This is a massive competition, right? I mean, teams in the Premier League are letting their players go play this thing. They have to, essentially. It's it's that big. And they beat Japan in the final 3-1. They won the semifinal 4-0. Cutter was just absolutely fantastic the way they played in this tournament. And it got me thinking, Mario, because we're also worried about the 2022 World Cup, right? For many yeah. reasons. One of though, Cutter, it was, wor- I think they were worried about embarrassing themselves. So they've really poured a lot into getting their program ready. I'm talking the last decade, you know. Yeah. And now we're starting to see some signs of that. Now I'm not, again, this might not translate into them 
making a run to the semifinals of the World no, we're Cup not or anything. That now, but. but let's remember, yeah. Russia did pretty well at home. I mean, the home team has a lot of pressure on them, but it does help a lot of times. You do perform well, so maybe there's a little hope there that they're not going to certainly embarrass themselves on the pitch. Now, what about all the other stuff you say? Well, the dates for the 2022 World Cup are weird, bottom line. It's going to start right around Thanksgiving. Actually, November 21st is the kickoff for that in 2022. Yes, they're pushing it back because of that 130-degree summer you might get in Qatar, which is not going to be good for anyone. And it doesn't end, Mario, until like the week before Christmas. I think the final is literally on the December 18th. So it's a weird time. But, you know, it got me thinking. If we can last that summer of 2022 when we're all going to absolutely be dying for the World Cup and jonesing for it, if we can get through those months, enjoy a World Cup right around the holidays, which would be kind of crazy, right? And who knows? Maybe it'll be another fantastic World Cup. Then you have three or four less months to have to hassle for 2026, which is in our backyard. Right here. (laughs) This might work out perfectly. Yes. I'm always trying to be a glass half full guy when it comes to the beautiful game. That's what I like about you, Dave. I mean, it could, quite frankly, be the cutter is the worst of World Cup ever. It still might happen. But I think, you know, we might be turning a corner here on all this, both on the pitch and maybe we look at it in a positive way that we won't have to wait as long for that 2026 kickoff here in the United States. So we'll try to put that spin on it, Mario. But a good story. Yeah, I mean, it was a really good competition that, oh, by the way, Cutter really fully deserved. I mean, they were absolutely the best team. And taking nothing away from Japan, who's really, I think, well on their way again to kind of reloading there. Japan's always going to be a tough team to play. And Cutter just did not have a problem with them in that final in the AFC Asian Cup. So good final there for Cutter, the host of the World Cup 2022. Oh, what a show. It goes too fast. It goes too fast here on Soccer Weekly. Thanks so much for you calling in and listening. Hit me up on Twitter, at TalkSoccer. He is Mario Reyes. Thanks so much to Michael Funches. Check out the podcast right here, the home of the world football. This is Soccer Weekly on ESPN LA 710.